0: As I said, we're we're kicking off this new series today called "How to Build a Life," and it's built all around the Book of Colossians. Uh, The Book of Colossians is a small book in the New Testament, and actually, it's a letter. So, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, many of us are. um, In the the New Testament, there are a number of letters that were written to specific churches uh, around uh, that part of the world, the ancient world, uh, usually the Roman world, and this little city. Colossae was a a, a tiny, kind of insignificant city in that part of the world. And Paul, who wrote much of of the New Testament, many of these letters that he was writing to these different churches and and groups of people like us who were gathering to learn, what does it mean to to walk with God? What does it mean to center on Jesus? What does it mean to build our lives around the one that we believe is? Represented was God in the flesh, does that make sense, and so he 's writing to these churches who are struggling to figure out in the, in the, in the world in which I live, in the business in which I, I, I work, how do I center on Jesus? What does it mean to have faith in Jesus and many times what would happen in the ancient world in these churches is that um, that they would have the foundation of Jesus, but they would begin adding different pieces to that, and, and many times it came out of the Jewish tradition, so it was like um, Jesus is central to my life, but I also can't eat certain foods because if I eat certain foods, it means that, that I don't belong to the people of Jesus. Does that make sense? And I think we do the same thing in our world today. We, we have these, these ideas that, yes, Jesus is, is central to my life. However, I also have to do all these other things to make God happy with me. Have you ever found yourself there? It's like Jesus plus some other things. Jesus plus my ability to do the things I'm supposed to do. And that's how I build a great life. And so much of it is dependent upon my abilities and my strengths. And so what Paul is doing is he's helping this this young church, these believers like us, know what it means to center on Jesus and build a life upon him. And what we find in the first chapter of Colossians, and and Cameron's going to help us with this in just a few minutes, what we find is really one of the oldest creeds in the Christian faith. You know what a creed is? is it's It's a statement, a very concise statement of beliefs. And this old creed became the foundational understanding of who Jesus is. And what Paul wanted to do is he wanted to capture the magnificence, the breadth, the depth uh, of of just who Jesus was so that we might not find ourselves wanting to add to Jesus because he's too much to add to. He's too big. He's too good for us to add anything to. We have a sure foundation in Jesus Christ. So this old creed that we're going to read we're going to hear about this morning is the foundational understanding of who Jesus is, who he was and who he forever will be. Now, what I love about this is maybe you came today and you don't know what you believe about God. You don't know what you believe about Jesus. Today is going to give us an incredible summary of who Jesus is. No matter what you've believed in the past, no matter what you've been taught, like this from Scripture, from Paul, gives us a beautiful picture of who he is. And I would say this, that building a great life, which I think all of us want to do, building a great life begins as we cooperate with the Spirit already at work within us and around us. Now listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this that Jesus and his spirit is already at work within you and around you. I'm going to say that to this side as well. (laughs) Jesus, the author of the world in which we live, the author of our salvation, even if we don't know what we believe about him, he is already at work within us and around us, even when we don't notice it come back over here. <laughs> Jesus, as big as he is, as great as he is, he is already at work within you and around you. Isn't that, isn't that good? That's good news. That's like, that's good news. It's, it's good for us to be reminded of that. Now, I, I want to, the reason I've asked Cameron to, to spend some time uh, building this, uh, whatever it is he's building. I'm not quite sure. Um, oh, today is Darth Vader. Hmm.
1: Jesus, I am your father. <laughs>
0: that was God the Father, and when he was being baptized, some of you are like, what did we just walk into? Um, so, uh, one of the reasons uh, he's, he's working on this, and I want us to understand this foundationally, that, that God, the Father, through Jesus Christ and by his Holy Spirit, does the difficult work of building the lives that he wants us to have. Our role in the process is to cooperate with what it is God is doing within and around us. Now, don't miss that. Like, God is the one who does the difficult work. Like, our role is simply to, to cooperate with him. And, and what I believe that we see with what Cameron's doing is that the difficult work of, of, of like, making the Legos, like, however these are created, the, 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 the cast that, that, like, stamps them so they have the little bumps, this has already been done for us, right? The foundation has already been laid. The, the plans, like, the plans are given to us, like we don't have to figure it out on our own. Our role is simply to cooperate with what's already been given. And now our tendency as humans is to take pieces and go, you know what, Cameron, I I think this would look really good right here. And even if it doesn't really fit, I'm going to force it in there. And that is what it should look like. But that's not how it was created to, to be. And see, as humans, we we have the tendency to make things more difficult than they need to be. Like, God gives us the foundation. He gives us the framework. He gives us all the pieces. And our role is simply to cooperate with what he's doing. And that's the book of Colossians. Now, at the core of this book, uh, this letter, is uh, a call to give thanks to God because of all that he has done for us. And that's why I keep saying that God's already at work within you and around you. Like, I want you to know that God's already doing something. The fact that you're here means God's doing something in you and around you. Like, like God is working. And so the call for us through this letter, throughout, we'll find is, is this call to give thanks to God because of all he's done uh, through Christ. And we, we acknowledge that by the words that we sing. Aren't you thankful that we have a great band that we have every week and great singers? Yeah, it's so good. And... And their role, like what they come here to do is not to show off their gifts and their talents because all of them could do their own thing, but they blend together so beautifully to help us lift our voices and our focus and our attention to give God thanks for all that he's done through Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to stand and we're going to sing and we're going to give God thanks because he is good. So would you stand with me this morning? God, you are so good and um, we give you thanks today. We, we turn our hearts and our minds towards you and uh, we, we want to build a foundation or we, we want to build on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. You have done the work. You've done the difficult work and, and you simply ask us to come alongside and cooperate with all that you're doing within and around us. So God, we sing to you today. We focus on you. Uh, move in our hearts and our minds, we pray.
1: Um today, we're, we're going to talk about Colossians 1, so if you have your Bibles, you can open to Colossians 1, as Matt was uh, re- referring to, but I, I first want to start with a story. Eight weeks ago, I was taking a shower, and have you ever had the thing where, like, the water starts puddling up around your toes, and you're like, well... You know, maybe, maybe there's just some hair in the drain or something. Maybe there's just something, you know. So I get my, my hand crank snake, you know, and, and this has happened before. Our house was built in 64. Some of the new houses don't have this problem, right? But our house was built uh, over 50 years ago. So, so occasionally, you know, I'll have to kind of snake the drains and, and clear stuff out of there. And, and, and I tried. So I tried to do that, and it wasn't working. It has before. Why wasn't it working this time? So I was like, honey, you're going to have to call, call the plumber. i gotta, I got to go to work, but uh, we're going to have to have the plumber come out today. And so she did, and the, and the plumber came out. And I got a call about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was my wife. And she said, honey, the plumbers are going to call you in a few minutes. <laughs> if you get a call about a call you're expecting, that's a bad call, Right? <laughs> That's a bad call. So, okay, you know, she's like, I think it's really bad, <laughs> you know. I don't know, but they've been here for, like, all day. And they're really nice, but I think it's really bad. So, of course, that's what my wife's talking about. Like, they're really nice plumbers, you know. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so I get this call, and the figures start getting in the tens of thousands for what it's going to cost. Because it's not just the drain that's an issue, they had to tear out the shower. They had to tear out the bathroom, the vanity, everything. And they said, if we start here, it's just a snowball because your pipes are so old. They're cast iron. We got we to gotta start replacing them. And if we start with new pipes and st- start adding them to old pipes, you don't know, like, maybe, maybe it buys you two weeks. Maybe it buys you a year. But it, sooner rather than later, you're going to have to just get rid of all of the plumbing in your house. Bleep, you know. <laughs> so we had to replace every single pipe in our house. Now, when you buy a house <laughs> and somebody says, you know, these pipes are old, you're like, yeah, 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 that's fine, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, like, we'll be fine. And But you don't ever expect to take on a project where they have to dig into the foundation here's a couple pictures here's here's our bathroom well on the left they had to dig into the foundation of our home you can see some of the original footings in that picture and then and that's my son not my son's Knox and Silas about to drop into the cliff of the great abyss on the right they had to go all the way through our backyard and trench everything. And, and so this is what we've been living in the past eight weeks. And my wife is nine months pregnant uh, today, actually. So uh, God bless her. If you're praying for anything, pray that we can get back into this house in the next week before the baby comes. But um, I don't just say that so that you can give me sympathy. I, I think it's really applicable to the situation that's happening in Colossians. And, and sometimes in our life, We need, if the foundation isn't secure, the house is unlivable. If the foundation isn't secure, the house is unlivable. I've had to live somewhere else the last eight weeks while they're working on the foundation of our home. And it was funny because initially when I got the call and I started talking to Kelly, in my mind I started saying, well, maybe we can just use the other bathroom, (laughs) right? Right? How long would that work? You know, maybe we can just do our laundry at your parents' house, right? You know, um, we don't really need the plumbing that much. No, it's, it's important. It's foundational to the home to have good plumbing in your home. You do not want to have bad plumbing in your home. So we had to start essentially at the foundation. And the house became unlivable for us. And Jesus talks about this, Matthew 7, 24 He's, he's giving one of his most famous sermons, and he kind of, at the end of it, talks about anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. And some of us know the rest of that, but when winds and storms come, if you've built your house on the rock, it will, it will be stable. It will withstand the time and the seasons of life. But he goes on to say, if it's built on sand, If the foundation isn't secure, the house will crumble. Are you with me? So Paul, when he's writing to this church in Colossae, or Colossae, however you want to pronounce it, he is essentially saying, you've missed the point. The foundation of your lives isn't secure. Something has happened. Now, theologians will kind of talk about, like, what has happened to this church? What has kind of gone on? And there are a couple things. One of them is, as, as Matt was kind of mentioning, it became Jesus and versus Jesus period. Jesus and, it's, it's what, what we like to call in the theology world, syncretism. Like, I can have Jesus, and that's good, but I'm also going to have all this stuff over here, and, and this, I like this over here, and I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to gather that, all of this, these different ideas and belief systems, and I'm just going to add on to Jesus, and, and, you know, Jesus is cool, though. I like Jesus, and, but, but all these other things. So that was happening, but also this, this idea that, what I like to call behavior modification, okay? I see so-and-so acting this way, so I'm going to start acting that way. I do this all the time. Do you guys do this? Do you do, like, you see somebody. You, we've done this a lot when we've been remodeling our house. Oh, my wife just told me last night. She said, every time uh, we have an idea, as long as it comes from somebody famous, you like that idea. <laughs> right? If it's like, you know, my original, like, we should do these bar stools. Anyway, that might cause a fight later, so I shouldn't have said that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, but this whole idea that we can just add on behaviors without changing our foundation or without changing our belief. We have to start with the belief first. And a pastor, a friend of mine, he said this recently, and this has really stuck with me. He said, all of life is really an attempt. So when we're building a life, all of life is really an attempt to ask three questions. Who is God? Who are we, and what's the version of the good life? Who's God? Who is this great divine being in the world? And then who does he say we are? And then what does the good life look like? But a lot of times we reverse that. What's the good life look like? I want to become that kind of person, and then I'm going to fit faith into the mix somewhere there. This divine creator He's going to fit into the building I've already created. That doesn't work. We have to start with the belief. Who is God? Which informs who we are, which informs how we should act and behave in the world in which we live. Does that make sense? So we're going to open up Colossians and read through this. And as we do, I want you to be thinking about who is God? What does he look like? Frame it in your mind. Try to think and imagine how how does God look? If I can imagine. Maybe you need to close your eyes and do this. Or maybe you just read through this and try to come up with a picture in your mind. Who is God? Starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. And is supreme. Over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. God is supreme. He created everything, He existed before anything, He's, he's eternal, He's always been there. We keep reading. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. God is sufficient. He's sufficient for all of our needs. Everything was created through him and for him. In God, we get this picture of life. And what it looks like. you Keep reading in verse 17. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Which is why we say we're a community following Jesus, right? He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased To live in Christ. The unique person of Jesus Christ. God was pleased to have all his fullness live in Christ. And through him, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Isn't that beautiful? This statement, you got a picture in your mind? This statement has become like the statement about Christ. He is supreme. He is sufficient. The unique person of Jesus came to embody that. And God in all his fullness came to dwell With us, give us a model of what it looks like, what God looks like, what the divine looks like. Who is God? That's the first question. Who is God? What's Jesus? And Paul, as he's talking to the Colossians, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss it. It's so important. This became that creed. They would repeat this. I might challenge some of you, maybe this week, every day, you just need to read through this. Who is God? Let this seep into the foundation of your beliefs. It's so, so important. And one way I, I often think about this, this image of Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. I'm not a photographer, but I have some photographer friends and, and they talk about aperture, right? Aperture, do you know what aperture is? It's cool word. we know it goes with photography, but what is it? It's like this little, this little, hole in the camera, in the lens, that um, the aperture will open or close to let light into the camera. And the reason it does that, the the smaller the, the aperture, the clearer the image is. Jesus is the aperture of God. We want to see the image of God. What does he look like? We focus on the very unique particular, which is Jesus. It's the foundation for everything. Jesus is the aperture of God. And once we begin to get a clear view of God, it begins to inform our identity and behavior. So, verse 21 he continues. Paul continues. And this is where he gets very personal. So this is where we really need to pay attention because, I mean, what a magnificent statement about Christ. But, like, what does that really mean for me, and for you, each and every day? Okay, Christ should be my foundation. Maybe we've drifted. Maybe we've, we've lost our focus. Maybe we've been adding on all these behaviors and trying to modify our life based on these lists of to-dos and things. But, okay, well, we have the statement about Christ. Now what? I love this. Verse 21 is where Paul gets so personal. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Have you ever thought of yourself as an enemy of God? What makes us an enemy to God? We're separated from him. We're not focusing on him. We're not not trying to do his will in the world and, and exalt his kingdom to live as Lord and ruler of my life. I'm trying to go it alone. I become an enemy. We don't always like to say our thoughts are evil, but if if they're not for good, if they're not for for God, then we become somewhat an, an enemy of God against him. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself. He's liberated you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are now holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How many of you have woke up this morning and said, I am holy and I am blameless? No, but you are. And that's exactly what Paul wants to communicate to all of us. You are holy and you are blameless. God has done the hard work of reconciling you to himself, of laying the foundation so it doesn't falter. And you are holy and blameless. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Do you believe this truth? And do you stand Firmly in it. And he goes on to say, don't drift away. Don't drift away. Recenter yourself daily, moment by moment. Recenter yourself. You know, Brother Lawrence wrote this book about the presence of God, and he, he essentially tried to, whatever he was doing, washing dishes or going about his life, he tried to just, just think of Christ. Just recenter in this moment, in this day. And maybe for some of you, that's the challenge. is is, Okay, so I'm raising kids. I'm raising my family. How do I just recenter? You know, I'm I'm running a a company, and, and it's so hectic and so busy. Don't forget to recenter moment by moment. Who is Christ, and who does he say I am? That is the foundation. That is the foundation of what it means to be a Christian. And God has done the hard work. That's the amazing thing, is he knows you. He knows your fears. He knows your doubts, your insecurities. He knows the good things about you, the things that make you excited to wake up every single morning. He knows you better than anybody else, better than your spouse, better than your kids, better than your parents. He knows you, and he loves you. He loves you so much that he came down and moved into the neighborhood to be near us, to be with us. For some of us, we just, we just need to respond to that. We have a part, and God has a part. God's part is to secure the foundation. Our part is to make our home in him. Right? If we make our home in him, he will secure the foundation, the plumbing problems, whatever is going on in your life, if we make our home in him, he will begin to secure the foundation and build the house. And some of us need to hear that today. We just need a new foundation. But here's the question. Have I placed my trust in the foundation that is Jesus Christ? Have I placed my trust in the foundation that is Jesus Christ? Or have I placed it in other things? Is my trust in my financial security or my retirement plan? Is my trust in having a, a happy family and having a family that has, has no arguments, a family of peace, you know? Have I placed my trust in, in my reason or my thoughts? Some will tell you those things require so much faith in other people and other circumstances that will let you down over time. Or, if, if you've had these things, you, you can quickly see how fast they disappear. Right? And some of us in this room know that. I had it all. And it just disappeared. I had my health, but then I got sick. We had the perfect marriage, but then it fell apart. We had a happy family. But I believe that if we place our trust in Jesus as the foundation of our life, we can withstand the challenging seasons of life. If we place our trust in Jesus Christ as the foundation of our life, we can withstand the challenges and the seasons of life, no matter what they bring you. Have you put your trust in the foundation of Jesus? So I'm going to have the band come back up, and, and I don't know, I don't know where this hits you today, Maybe you have felt like you're an enemy of God. Maybe you felt like peace with God. Maybe you made a commitment to God a long time ago and just over time you've began to just drift. You just need to recenter. And today's an opportunity to do that. Christ is awesome. Jesus is awesome. He's magnificent. He's all he's eternal. He has always been there. He doesn't waver if we put our foundation in Him, anything can come our way and a house will not topple. And He invites us to that. So today, maybe you just need to write, I trust you, Jesus, and and put it on the cross. I'm I'm recommitting to trust you. I made this commitment a long time ago, but I'm going to recommit to trust you today. You just need to put that prayer on the cross. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's communion. I need to, I need to have a meal with Jesus and remember the body and the blood that he gave to reconcile and liberate me in his love. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. We have a prayer team that's available today to pray with you and for you. Or maybe you just need to sit here and and worship, sing the words of this song and, and spend some time in reflecting them Where is my trust? Where is my foundation? And I want to recenter it on Jesus. So go ahead and stand with me. I'm going to pray, and then we can can respond. Father, you are so good. You are so magnificent. And in view of how supreme and awesome you are, we respond to that we begin to put our trust and our faith in you so that we can build our lives. But it starts with there. It starts with that. It starts with you as our foundation. And so today, Lord, we just pray that your spirit would be present with us as we begin the work of putting our home in you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.